We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a ton going on in the world of the NBA. We also have March Madness starting up. That's also exciting. Tons of basketball on to watch. That's that's the bottom line. The playoff race heating up in the NBA. March Madness going on. This is a great time of year for basketball. Speaking of March Madness, I actually do have a bracket challenge that I'm hosting. I'll put a link in the description down below. Free to enter and cash prizes to the top three finishers. So if you want to come join, again, free to enter, be a lot of fun, very quick, very easy. So I'll put the link in the description down below if anybody wants to join that. Uh, joining me as always is Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane over on the Twitter machine. Keith, how are you doing? Uh, both of us are deep into the spring break territory <laughs> here with our with our children. Yeah, it's a little different uh, week for both of us. We, we both are uh, having to do some extra dadding uh, right now yep. but it's it's not the end of the world it's it's funny because i feel like i replaced the drop off and pickup process just with 25 other things that i need to do <laughs> now uh, throughout the course of the day so uh, i'll let i'll let everybody know by the time friday rolls around which which i prefer which one i like better but for yeah i mean yeah, everything is good we got the tournament kicking off uh kind of tonight the first four games on Tuesday and Wednesday. I still think the tournament starts in full on Thursday. So yeah. uh, super excited for that. That should be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I, I just, this is a great time for basketball fans. And it's the tournament always hits at a point where NBA teams are kind of like the dog days of March. And it's like, just going to kind of play through the next couple weeks and get to the playoffs. So now we're at a spot where we're, we're rolling into some good stuff on the college side. That is 100% not the world I'm living in, Keith. We are living and dying with every game over in Lake over in Lakers land Maybe. right now. I don't know that we, the players are. <laughs> we are we are on edge right now with every single day, and that that is it's a very stressful time, Keith. It's a very stressful time. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. I, I I watch you know all these games and stuff, and I'm always checking right before game star. You know who's playing, who's not playing, and all these things, and I'm like. Man, like I remember when you were trying to stack wins in March and in April to go into the playoffs feeling good. And there's still teams that are like, eh, we're gonna sit some guys out. They're like, like, like we're good. So it's just it's just yeah. just it's 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 a 
the league is a little weird right now. There's like, uh, I think it was, I know I tweeted about this. It looks like we're going to have one of the very few seasons with no 61 teams uh, this yeah. year. Uh, Mark Stein in, I believe it was in his sub stack uh, that maybe this came out today. might've been yesterday. I don't know. It all kind of runs together, but he had a thing about is projected to only be five 50 win teams this year. So, I mean, this just tells you it's, it's really anyone's league right now. I don't know how anyone can feel super confident in any team being that's it. That's who I think is going to win the title. Cause I just, I just don't think we're there. Yeah, and that's, you know, part of that is is just the the parody that the NBA has been pushing for. What the, what happens is people look at that and they go, oh, there's just not any good teams this year. No, it's just there's so much parody. This is what parody looks like. You don't get that dominant team going for 65 yeah. wins or something like you would in, in other seasons. I mean, hell, look at the Western Conference. Just You have just teams cannibalizing each other constantly, and so that's going to suppress all the win totals, and it's going to even things out. And it creates for an interesting playoff race down the stretch for a, for a number of squads depending on where you're looking in the in the standings. But overall, like maybe it doesn't generate the headlines of, oh my gosh, this team's going to win 65 games or 67 games or, or whatever it is. But it also means that things are can be a bit more exciting. And this is, again, everybody's been asking for parity. This is what parity looks like. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's 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 funny because it's, like you said, it's not that there are no good teams. There's just no, like, dominant teams where it's like yeah. all right there it is and often in a lot of years there's two three sometimes even four of those teams where it's like all right we kind of know i mean it's we're only a few years removed from every year at the beginning of the year you're kind of like eh, it's gonna be warriors and Cavs in the finals and right. every year for four years running it was warriors and Cavs in the finals and there's almost nothing anybody could do about it so hey but we are definitely in a different uh different spot right now with the nba but it should make for a really fun uh postseason should make for mm -hmm you know, some fun matchups and games all the way through, because to your point, you know, th there's so, so many teams playing for positioning and seeding and trying to get in. And that's also what the play in tournament, right. Is introduced is yes. there's now like two races. It's the want to get into the top six, or I want to get into that 10 uh, group there and those kind of things. So yeah, a lot of fun to come uh, with it. So a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff, really good basketball to come both NBA and college wise. Well, so the NBA is looking a bit different that it did years ago, right? In the years past, we're talking about the parody. We're talking about in years past, it was okay. It's the Warriors or Cavs in the finals, and that's what it's going to look like. But we're also seeing an increased focus on load management and players sitting out games. We, you were just talking about how a lot of teams are resting players and things like that. And this news came out just recently that the NBA may now be looking to tie awards to games played. Um, as a way to incentivize, you know, players playing in games. What do you think about that idea? Is that the appropriate response to the concern over healthy players sitting out games due to what's become commonly known as load management? Don't hate the idea. I, I think it's not the worst idea in the world to say. I, you got to pick the right threshold, right? You, you can't make it yeah. so high that if a guy sprains an ankle and misses a couple weeks, all of a sudden he's out of the running for awards. But um, you also don't want to make it so low where it's like, all right, well, this changes absolutely nothing. So right. there's definitely work that will need to be done on both sides to come to an agreeable number. But by all the reporting that's out there, this is something that the Players Association is also on board with. Uh, that they're pushing the, the league on this and that they had, you know, oh, yeah, we, we've kind of would like to see it go this way too. So I think all around, you know, this is 
probably a step in the right direction. I don't know that it solves everything because mm-hmm. there are certain players who are like, yeah, my awards days are over, but there's still a draw to watch play, but that's not what they're playing for. So, so we'll see where that goes. And, and I do want it to still be reasonable by, like I said, going back to my original point, just what is that threshold that they pick? Because I don't want to see guys get overly punished if they miss games because they, uh, you know, had an injury or something like that, that kept them out a perfectly reasonable amount of games, but it just, tapping to trip the threshold by a game or two but you know what that's going to happen anyway and people are going to argue and fight about it and that's just going to be how it goes you know i understand that this is this is something that the nba needs to address to some degree you have to be careful that you don't overcorrect because you know i saw our buddy eric pinkus was talking about this on on twitter just a little bit ago mentioned that hey you know if if you really wanted to go see Kawhi leonard play and the nba institutes rules that forces the clippers somehow to play him and then he gets hurt and he's out for two months. Are you really happy about that? Wouldn't if you yeah. were if you were a, a Clippers fan, wouldn't you prefer to see Kawhi sit out that game and then have him the remaining two months? And that's the decision making process that the NBA has. But on the flip side, I also understand the argument. Look, NBA games, depending on which game you go to, are incredibly expensive. This is not this is not a kind of thing that families can say, well, we're gonna do this every other week or something. Oh shoot, this guy's sitting out this game. Well, that's okay. We'll catch him next week. Again, depending on the game you go to, like I'm looking right now, I don't spend a lot of time looking at at ticket prices, but right now, if I want to just get in the door, the lowest ticket price to go see the Orlando magic at the San Antonio Spurs, well, that's $9. Okay. That's what ESPN has. It as $9 just to get in the door. (laughs) Okay. Right. That's all right. Hey, we missed, we missed our guy. I really wanted to see, I don't know. Let's say I really wanted to see Keldon Johnson play. And oh, bummer. He's not playing this week. Well, okay, we can go back in a, in a couple of weeks. And again, different families have different situations. But that is much more affordable than, say, I look at Milwaukee at Phoenix. I really want to see Giannis play. It's $116 to get in the door. And then, oh, shoot, he's not playing. What do you do? Right? Like, it's, I understand that in that situation it feels pretty bad if teams are resting healthy players when you just spent a fortune to go to that game and now you don't get to see your guy yeah you've got that you've also got the tv component for example we had memphis and dallas played last night and this is not load management stuff but espn game i believe that was a game that was flexed to espn after the Kyrie irving trade but Kyrie and Luca both out because they were dealing with injuries. John yep. Morant's out because of his situation. So now you're in a spot where it also impacts TV when we do these kind of things. And it's, I always go to, to let's say we say you got to play guys 65 games. I'm just picking a number out of thin air, 65 games to be eligible. And that's where mm-hmm. teams are at. So let's say we are, We'll we'll use Kawhi because he's kind of been sort of the poster child of this whole load management era. And the Clippers are, all right, so it's the middle of February, right before the All-Star break, and they're playing in Orlando, and it's a game that doesn't really matter to them all that much. But, boy, you know, we really don't want Kawhi to miss out on an All-NBA nod. All right, Kawhi, go out there for two minutes, and then we take him out. Then what? And people – is that that's almost worse, right? Like that feels yeah. worse. Now, this happened, real world happened last day of the regular season last year. The Milwaukee Bucks punted their final game. 
actually punted the number two seed to the Boston Celtics on mm-hmm. that last day by not playing anybody except for Drew Holiday because he needed to appear in one more game to trigger his bonus money to make a bunch of stuff. He went out there. They tipped off. I believe Holiday committed a foul like eight seconds in, and they took him off the floor, and that's what they did. Now, that is the right thing to do by the Milwaukee Bucks and by Drew Holiday and by everybody involved with making that decision because it would have been unfair for him to just miss a bunch of bonus money because there might have been a game earlier in the year where they're like, yeah, you should probably sit out. And we were still dealing with COVID stuff last season, all that stuff. So now we're in a spot where if this is everybody in the entire league is impacted by this, you're going to see a ton of people start doing things like that, where it's, all right, well, they played, you know, they were, they were in the game, they played and we took them out, you know, 30 seconds into a game and those kind of things. And that's where it's just, this is a real tricky needle to thread. And the biggest reason why is, it's the championships are the most important thing to these teams and to the vast majority of the players. That's what they care about is, you know, I want to win a title. I want to get here. I want to get there, especially when you've been in the league for a little while. And it's like, I've been an all-star, been an all NBA guy. I'm already sitting on a max contract. I want to win games. And it's not that they don't care about the fans. That's where it all gets super sideways. Yes. Yeah. Because it's not true. They do care about the fans and they do want to play. There is just a, a you know, cost-benefit analysis where the team comes and says, hey, we think you sitting out 15, 20 games is better than you being out there every single night and playing because here's what, what the science tells us for you as an individual, in general, whatever it may be. And that's where it is. And that's where it just gets tougher. And I know people like to yell about, you know, well, you know, Larry and Magic and MJ all played. You know, they right. never sat out. They didn't have all the training stuff and all the things that the players have today. Yeah, and Larry Bird's career was over after about 12 seasons. So where, where are we at? I know MJ played a lot longer, but he took two breaks in there. Even if we cut the, the like, I like to pretend the wizard stuff never happened and he walked off the court in Utah with, you know, the title and that was it. And right. you, you do run into that stuff where it is, you know, these guys didn't have super long careers back then. Careers were shorter. And and even if they were playing, they weren't what they were. Like like LeBron, the way he plays, would not have he would not play 20 years if no. this if he started his career 20 years earlier. It just wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have been a thing. He wouldn't have been able to do it. And that's that's not that the game was tough or anything. It's just guys were, you know, more likely to play through a rolled ankle or play through a you know sore back or whatever it was because the idea of taking any games off to rest to get healthy was never a thing it was either you're injured or but what is the old football quote are you hurt or you're injured all right well if you're hurt get up you can play you're just going to play hurt if you're injured all right you're out and that's the difference now if you're hurt that's treated like injured and they're going to let you sit out a game or two well, I mean, you go back and you look and you can see why people would get upset when you see, okay, remember the good old days with, you know, even, even go back to Shaq. Shaq in 2000 averaged 40 minutes a night and played in 79 games. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no way he's appearing in that many games or averaging that many minutes in, yeah, in today's definitely. NBA, but it's a different NBA and we have a different understanding of injuries and how this all works and everything, but Again, I think it, it's something that the NBA has to really look at too, though, because of, like you said, the broadcast, because of 
all those fans who pay and go to the games and, and all of that and then find out the day of oh wait our guys sitting out i mean now like you have to be nervous if you if you purchase tickets for a game that is the second night of a back-to-back for your guy you got to think twice about it yeah. because there's a decent chance he's not playing yeah i tell people all the time look at the schedule it's like you said second night of a back-to-back third game in four nights is it a uh, back-to-back with travel whatever that may be you probably want to think twice about buying tickets if it is you know i can afford to go once per year just you know be cautious as a consumer of i don't know if this is the game that i want to put all my money and go to um with that so yeah it's it's like i said i don't know that there's any one thing that fixes this I, I really don't. I think this, you know, awards voting thing will help and it'll move things in a different direction, but fix it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure this solves, solves it for everybody. Right. You, you, you will have certain guys who, all right, I got to get out there cause I got to play, but then our team's going to pull shenanigans. What's that going to look like? So yeah, very curious to see where this one all lands. All right. Let's move along and let's talk about John Morant um, updating his situation. He has entered counseling in Florida reportedly and uh, and we'll see where this goes from here. But there's still no concrete timetable. You know, the uh, Taylor Jenkins has been es- essentially dodging the question anytime anybody has tried to pin him down on when is Ja going to be back. And I think that's fair because I don't think the Grizzlies can definitely know either. I don't think this is them trying to withhold information or anything. Obviously, it's a process that they've got to get through. They can't say, oh, he's back on this exact date. But nonetheless, right now, the team is kind of in limbo while they wait for John to return. And of course we've talked about this. They're dealing with other injuries. Steven Adams out, Brandon Clark out for the season, unfortunately with the Achilles injury. So this is a team that is trying to stay afloat uh, and, and they do an, a pretty good job playing without him. Tyus Jones is, is a fantastic backup point guard, but still all eyes are kind of on job because look, the playoffs are getting closer and we still don't know what this is going to look like for Memphis. Yeah, and some of the reporting is he may not return this regular season. It may be the rest of the regular season with this. I don't have a ton to add uh, to to that part of it it beyond none of the basketball stuff matters here. This is important that he's getting the help that he obviously feels like he needs. Like Mm -hmm. that is really, really important, and I think that is great. So I think, um, you know, let's go in that direction and let's, you know, get get yourself set up where where you need to be with that. Now, I'll say this part of it. I wrote about this for Spot Track because we're getting the question quite a bit of, hey, what happened? What's John Morant's contract? What does it look like? Anytime it's this kind of situation, even me, Mr. Salary Cap, feels a little gross making it about, salary cap and numbers we need right? to get that printed on a shirt mr <laughs> yeah, salary right? we'll, we'll print one up for uh for summer league in las Perfect. vegas and have you no, wear that i would around. never wear it out there i'd, feel, I'd be so self-conscious and weird <laughs> um, about that so um but it's it is it is important right it's 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 less important than why he's out and that he gets the help yeah. that he really needs but there is a there is a contractual component to this. So John Morant signed a full five year extension with the Memphis Grizzlies, fully guaranteed, no options. It does, as all contracts do, have language around a with withhold, whether voluntary or involuntary of services and all that stuff. So we're nowhere near that even being a thing. We we there, there's no reason with that. Because some people are like, well, if he misses all this time, can't the Grizzlies make it non guaranteed? I think people are. People are thinking that because like Joel Embiid's deal, Zion Williamson's deal, Jonathan Isaac's deal. 
this is not that situation. Those are all injury-related missed games due to specific injuries, you know, X, Y, and Z with those. In John Morant's case, full five-year deal. No options were on the deal. No player options, no team options, nothing. Um, if he just goes into next season as it stands right now um, and does not make All-NBA this year, he will get five years, $194.3 million, $33.5 million in first-year salary next year. Now, where it gets a little tricky is, had he made All-NBA this season, he would have qualified for the designated rookie extension because he's got that language in his contract where he would jump a salary tier to the 30% of the cap tier from the 25%. And that would be $233 million over five years. And he would get uh, $40.2 million in first-year salary. So what's on the table for John Morant? About $39 million contract-wise. Now, here's the other thing. He's only played 53 games. It is a loaded guard group this year for all NBA. These are just some of the players. Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday, James Harden, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Anthony Edwards. That's 10 guys yep. right there without even getting into any more of the complicated cases like, well, is Jalen Brown a guard or not? Sure. Like where would we put him? What about Darius Garland? Those are just kind of the... 10 guys that immediately come to mind that are probably going to get some all NBA votes for sure at the position. So in that case is it's not like it's you're bumping John Morant to put in the you know 15th best player, you know, at the guard position, you're, mm -hmm. you're pretty easily going to come up with six guys. So that's where it gets super duper tricky for him. I don't think he's going to make all NBA and I don't think he's going to qualify for the, the, uh, the so-called, uh, it's not the super max because that's what people call the final 35% tier, but the designated rookie language, it's, I, I don't think he's going to get there. And I think we're going to be in a position where he's, he's going to have missed out on 39 million. Now, if he gets his life right and gets everything figured out and gets all of his endorsements back on track and all those things, no one's going to remember that 39 million down the line and he'll be fine and it won't matter. But for the next five years, you might be looking at John Morant on a slightly different contract than the one we thought he'd be on. If you want to read more detail, I wrote about it over at Spot Track. You can check that out and pull the piece up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. That's a fantastic point because you're right. I think that, I mean, as much as, yeah, the focus should be on John getting himself right, the fact of the matter is there's very legitimate alternative options to jaw at that that make that you could make an argument for anyway now i think if we could say reasonably had jaw had this not happened and jaw just played the rest of the season and memphis finishes in the two seed or something like that um jaw probably gets the nod he's yeah, probably making 100%. making all all nba right yeah but now i think this probably does remove him from that all nba uh, award and and then it, it can change things contractually uh, with some significance. So uh, that's important to note. And again, like you said, the focus should be on John getting right and all. That's the the most important thing. But th- this kind of stuff does matter and can matter not just for John and his money, but also for the Grizzlies and in terms of what their their salary sheet is going to look like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that seven million next year. That's that's a. It's not like it's going to create cap space for the Grizzlies no. or anything, but that. Could be the difference between using the full MLE or not, depending on where you're at. It could be the difference in taking money on in trade or not. And then just year over year, obviously that kind of compounds and adds up as we go. So yeah, big, big stuff at stake here. And it's like you said, I think Locke would have, you know, all NBA Locke for me without a doubt for him, you know, had everything just kind of continued. But this might be the thing where, hey, this was a sacrifice to get things to a good place. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, all right, moving on. D'Angelo Russell, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, was not looking at his uh, joining the Lakers as a short-term thing, as a, hey, I'm going to take off in free agency this summer. Instead, he wants to stay. He wants to be the Lakers point guard of the future. He's on an expiring contract, pays him $30 million this season. Um, I can tell you from my sourcing, the Lakers, of course, very well aware of his contract situation and also did not trade for him under the assumption that they were going to uh, part ways with him this summer. Instead, understanding that they would likely do an extension uh, with him at some point. Uh, Keith, what are your thoughts there on on D'Lo? What, what do you think the market looks like for him this summer? I know, you know Lakers fans will say just pay him whatever it takes, but when you start getting into the luxury tax, when you start getting into the repeater, like how much this is going to be the biggest domino for them. And there are going to be ripple effects that may impact other players on the roster because they have a lot of guys that are heading into free agency. Uh, when we start taking a look down the line, what they agree to here with, with Delo, assume, assuming that everything works out on both sides, it's going to matter uh, for subsequent moves this summer. 
Yeah, big time. And we started talking about this all the way back on the Rui Hachimura trade. Yeah. That that trade signaled eh, cap space may not be the plan then this summer because you did that was not a Hachimura was not so good that it was a slam dunk. Get him. He puts us in the playoffs, but he was also not a low cost flyer where you you gave up absolutely nothing to get him and you just move along. So mm-hmm. so it was kind of in the middle ground there where it's yeah, we'd like to get a little bit more out of this guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. So now with D'Lo, I think that trade acquisition, along with Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt being part of that deal with money into next year, everything points to the Lakers are going to stay as an over-the-cap team. Yep. They're going to do what they can to probably retain all of the four major guys that they added during trade season. Hachimura, Russell, Beasley, and Vanderbilt. Beasley and Vanderbilt are easy ones. You pick up Beasley's team option. That's easy and done. Vanderbilt, you've got him on the roster for next year. His contract is lightly guaranteed, but that'll become fully guaranteed. That's yeah. that's the biggest slam dunk of all four of these guys, is that's that easy. they will fully guarantee that one. Mm-hmm. Now, Hachimura, we've talked about in depth already. So then you get to Russell. Where are we going to go with this? Yeah, it's easy to say pay him whatever he wants, but that's that's a little hyperbolic, right? Because yes. he's not, he's he's probably not gonna be a 30, you know. Seven million dollar player a year, like that's that's probably a little bit much, but I tend to think what they're going to try to do. I think first they'll try to get an extension done with him before it even gets to free agency because that's just what makes the most sense. One, he's not so good that he should be holding out because there's a max offer waiting for me. He's that's just not who he is as a player. Um, but he also is good enough where if you're the Lakers, like. Hey, keeping you right around the same money or a little bump, or it will give you a little bit more next year. If the, the year after that can be a descending contract and can go mm-hmm. down a little, then that's, that's, you know, slightly different story with that. And I think that's what you'd like to do here. The Lakers. My big thing is I think whether it be him or Hachimura or anybody else, I think the Lakers are going to look to lock into shorter deals. So either, yep. um, a one-year extension or a two-year type of deal there. Hachimura might be a little bit different because that's just a weird situation with his rookie free agency. Then we'll get to Austin Reeves here in a second too. Um, But I think with with Russell, what you would like to do is you want to kind of tie it to AD and LeBron a little bit so that you're kind of – if everything goes – sideways you're wiping the deck clean roughly the same time or within a year of that you know it's a little harder because ad and lebron have player options not next season but the year after that so you want to be probably in a spot where all right either that season we can basically go hey everybody's gone and we're we're starting fresh or mm-hmm. you say all right we've got one more year with russell under contract so don't know that i see more than a three-year deal or uh, as a free agent or more than a three-year extension for Russell. But I do think it's possible we see them get him extended at a number that probably makes sense and doesn't feel bad unnecessarily. I don't, it's, it's, it would feel bad if it was, you know, we start approaching 40 million that, that doesn't feel too good to me. Right. But if you keep it in the low 30 million range or anything lower than that, that's probably a win just given where they are. And then, I'll just add it here quick because I'm writing about him today. It'll either post later today or tomorrow. Um, Austin Reeves, really weird situation with him because he's uh, he's arena eligible, and mm-hmm. that's a whole 
other complicating factor that if some team really wants to, they can make it really hard on the Lakers to retain him and all these things. So, but hey, it's we'll do a show where where I break it down after I've written the piece um, because I want to make sure I write it out because that will be one way I make sure I get it right because this is a complicated thing. Um, but we'll we'll do a whole show breaking it down. But just know that's another complicating factor out there as well that the Lakers are going to have to deal with. It's a it's a I don't know that it's going to be a super duper busy summer as far as faces in faces out but it's right. going to be a busy and important summer for the lakers as far as getting things right with their books and with these contracts for all these guys yeah some really important decisions to make and, and we're going to see because um like you said there's going to be ripple effects to each one of these these moves um i know initial thought within the lakers was maybe they do a year or two extension with with d'lo but that was back at the time of the trade I'm sure there's going to be some back and forth with him and his agent and, and all of that as they figure that out. But um, the first hurdle he's to clear. Like five or six games with the Lakers, but he's been great in the games yeah. he's played. And in, in one of those games, he only played, what, like five minutes or something, right? He was right. Like pretty early on. So, yeah, so that's also – it's probably a little bit of a, hey, you kind of need him ready to go for the mm-hmm. rest of the this you know, run at the, the postseason here because you don't know when you're getting LeBron back. And, you know, so they've not, – not that they have a ton of leverage, but you've got a little bit. Uh, yes, his market – I don't know that any of the cap space teams are – going to be like bending over backwards to to get D'Lo, which works in the Lakers favor because I don't know that any of those teams are like oh my god we have to get him it's because it's it's kind of okay. like Kyrie James Harden Fred Van Vliet are the top point guards on the free agent market and then then Russell would be like on the the like ladder uh or not ladder but the next tier down of guys I'm, yeah. I'm just starting to work on free agent rankings and all that stuff so oh boy before we know it it's going to be time for for all of that oh um, let's, let's jump over to your team, Damon Stoudemire, uh, to Georgia tech. How big of a deal, you know, a lot of times people don't put much stock into assistant coaches. It's the head coach. Everything's focused on the head coach, but I, I saw you saying on Twitter, this is actually a pretty big deal for, for Boston. What's going on here? Yeah. So the Celtics have had just, it's been a little bit of a talent bleed out of the organization uh, with assistant coaches. So Micah Shrewsbury, who is one of Brad Stevens, trusted assistants is on the college level. Now he's coaching Penn state, just got Penn state into the NCAA tournament. That's a pretty big accomplishment because they're, mm-hmm. they're not, they haven't historically been a great basketball school at Penn state. So good, good on him. But then obviously Ime Doka leaves the organization. Joe Missoula is elevated into the head coach spot, but they also lost Will Hardy, uh, who went to the Utah Jazz and has had a really nice uh, year with the Jazz. And that bumped all of that put together, bumped Damon Stoudemire into the top assistant spot for Joe Missoula. He actually, Missoula missed a couple games earlier in the season because he scratched both of his corneas playing pickup with the other coaches. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they play pickup with Wolverine or something <laughs> because I don't know how you scratch both corneas. Um, no, they, they played with David Roddy. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently <laughs> I, I don't know what your pickup rules are that it's like, you know, you're getting your face clawed at that badly, but yeah, you apparently should have been wearing a, wearing the rec specs like I wore back in the day. Um, or the horse grant goggles, but anyway, 
So Stoudemire took over for those couple of games there. He's the one you, if, if you watch Celtics games, you see he's constantly kind of up and in Missoula's ear about different things. Now he's headed off to Georgia Tech. It's very late in the season to be adding anybody. So you're not going to add a coach from mm-hmm. outside the organization likely or anything like that. A lot of people are, you know, hammering on get, get a veteran coach in there. And it's all the same names, you know, it's, you know, uh, it's, you go, go get Mike D'Antoni, go get, Frank Vogel, go get, you know, anybody who's been a head coach before people are like, put him on the staff, you know, and they can help out. And there's some who are like fire Missoula and just hire those guys. Cause Celtics haven't been playing well lately, but big, big loss for the team. He's a uh, Marcus smarts uh, position coach. Um, every player's player gets assigned to an assistant coach. Um, that's, that's their main guy. That's who watches film with them. Uh, one-on-one that's who works on their game one-on-one with them and those kind of things. So, uh, the, these are kind of big things, you know, here that, that the Celtics are losing. And yes, for those who are wondering, yes, he was with Boston in Houston last night, but he said, that's it. That was his last game of the Celtics. And he actually was introduced at Georgia tech and he'll take over. That is very standard when a guy leaves for a college job. Cause they got to get in there to do recruiting and transfers yeah. and all that other stuff. Cause you gotta, you gotta hit the ground running. You can't start it you know, in the middle of summer. Cause all that stuff's done and over with. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's just part of the, the life cycle and in, in college it's uh, the rhythm of the season, but yeah, this is, I mean, this can be a, a big loss and I think it's tough to, like you said, add, just add in like, Hey, go call up Frank Vogel. Yeah, but it's tough to come in mid-season to a coaching staff like yeah. that. That's not that's not an easy thing to do, particularly when you know even just in the, in terms of the team culture, they've got their guys they've depended upon, and then suddenly this other guy's coming in and is going to be saying, you know, that that can be a different difficult hurdle to overcome as well. So, um, it is a loss. Obviously, they'll replace that role at some point, probably over the summer. But uh, it is a loss, and not one that you see all the time in the NBA. Seeing a coach mid-season making that jump to college. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's there, there's definitely uh bench changes coming for the Celtics for sure uh here over the, the coming months after their season is over. They will be adding uh new assistant coaches because they, they never replaced Missoula either when he moved uh up the ladder uh or rung into the top job. So that's that that was also another thing because I, I think it's it feels like it was so long ago that I think we've kind of forgotten that happened like right before training camp. So yeah, it's uh you know that that that's where that went. With, with that one so yep there we are all right we've got a few roster moves here to get into chris dunn is going to be with the utah jazz for the rest of the season the jazz have been kind of hanging around uh in the western conference uh they did lose last night and that knocked them down to the 12 seed but they were kind of in the mix there i i do still feel like the jazz are going to just start looking ahead towards towards the future and you know why not give chris dunn a shot and see if there's there's something there obviously he's bounced around the nba a ton but I don't think it, it hurts you if you're Utah to start taking a look at, at some of these type of guys. Yeah, I mean, part of this is they needed guards. Colin Sexton's been hurt. They were short mm-hmm. guards after their their trade deadline move moves. And Chris Dunn's been great for them. 11.6 points per game, uh, 53% shooting, 37% from three, which that is phenomenal. That's a surprise. Yeah, yeah and a surprise, yes. Uh, five rebounds, five assists per game, 1.6 steals. He's just been playing great. He really well earned. He he earned his way back to the league by, by really working hard in the G League and playing well. Well, and he's made the most of this. So this is you know, a nice addition. Danny Ainge liked Chris Dunn in the draft process a few years ago uh, when he came into the league. That that was the draft where a lot of people are like, who the heck is this Jalen Brown guy? Why did they not draft Chris Dunn or, or uh, mm-hmm. hand up Dragon Bender? 
<laughs> um, so I, uh, you know, I, I'll own that one. Uh, that that that's why you know take any of my draft thoughts with a uh, you know, large grain of salt. Such a disappointment <laughs> because of phenomenal name. Like I know what right? a what a waste of an all time great name. The yeah. dude's name is Dragon Bender. Like come yeah, on, right? I know. <laughs> Just brutal. Uh, but yeah, so all he did was bend, bend some brims the wrong way with bricks yeah. and now he's out of league. But anyway, Chris Dunn, really well earned, really, really well played. And like you said, this is what you do if you're the Jazz. You've got a mm -hmm. lot of open roster spots, start churning through the bottom of the roster and just bringing some guys in and maybe like Dunn, they'll pop and stick. And anytime anybody's like, yeah, he's a little old, Spencer Dinwiddie popped with the, the Nets and became a really good player. Uh, still yep. is a really good player. You know, several years into his career, Joe Harris as well. So the Jazz are kind of in that position now where that's what they're doing. And the Cavs have signed Sam Merrill to a multi-year deal. Now, I would imagine, I haven't seen anything official on this, but I would imagine there's some non-guaranteed years that are in this. Have you seen anything on that? I haven't, but one of the Cavs reporters, I can't remember who it was, and I apologize, had said, sorry, I'm having a little bit of trouble getting my throat clear. He just he, you're just very excited about Sam Merrill. <laughs> about Sam Merrill, yeah. I know. I'm a big <laughs> Sam Merrill fan. I do like Sam Merrill. But one of the Cavs reporters tweeted out that it's expected to look like what they did with Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade, which was give them extra years. Um, in exchange, probably get a little bit of bump in salary this year. Tack on a couple years is probably non-guarantees, maybe partial guarantees for next year, maybe into the year after that. And that's that that'll be where it goes. That's kind of how you get these guys. And again, another guy hung around the fringes of the NBA, worked hard in the G League, came off, could give the Cavs a little bit of shooting if he gets into games. I don't really expect it, but uh this to me also signals probably the end of Dylan Windler's tenure in mm -hmm. Cleveland. He just was never able to get healthy former first round pick uh, has battled injuries his entire career. So now you've kind of got your designated shooter in his place in Merrill. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, then we jump over to the Pistons. Eugene Omarui has a second 10-day contract with uh, with Detroit. Um, 
you know, we know Detroit's going to be hoping for lottery luck and, and all of that, but uh, it's good to see teams continuing to, like we've said in these last few, add guys in, take a look at players. Cause you, I mean, you never know who you're going to find that's going to pop and, and he's earned a, a second day, 10 day contract. So he's going to get a, an extended look. Remember at the end of this contract, the Pistons are going to have to make a decision. Do you keep him or do you then set him free? Cause they can't give him a third 10 day contract. Correct. Yeah. And he, they're, were a couple of those over the last couple of years. Those are all COVID related. Those were something yeah. completely different. Uh, those were, were thankfully not in that world anymore uh, as far as NBA contracts go. So yeah, Omar Rui, my guess is we'll probably sign uh, with the Pistons after this year. The Pistons still have their prorated room exception. So if they wanted to give them a little bit of a bump and then get them for a couple seasons, they could go that way or they could do a two-year minimum deal, whatever they want to do uh, with him. But my guess is you'll see him stick around. He's put again, kind of played well there. There looks like they're going to shut Boyan Bogdanovich down for the year. Alec Burks is already kind of in and out of the lineup. Hamadou Diallo has been out of the lineup. Isaiah Stewart is out likely for the rest of the year. So the, the guy like Omarui comes in, plays it with energy, plays really hard. He's somebody I think the Pistons will keep around. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense for them to hang on him. Last thing we've got today, Scoot Henderson has been shut down uh, and not due to injury or anything like that. Just, you know, the, the sense is, look, why, why have him keep playing games in the G League and, and all that when I don't know what's going to happen here. He's going to be probably the second or third pick in the, in the draft. And now it's just a matter of staying healthy, continuing his workouts, and preparing for draft day in June. Yeah, 25 G League games for Scoot Henderson this year between regular season and the, the Cup. 17.6 points per game, uh, five rebounds, 6.4 assists, 1.2 steals, shot 44% from the field, 32% from three, but that was always kind of the question with him a little bit coming in. So, so. Looked pretty good. Second year in a row in the G League for him, too. If we remember, he was one of the kids who came there a year early, was was part of the G League uh, Ignite team a year ago. Now, uh, you know, starter all, all the way through. It looks like the Ignite are not going to qualify for the G League playoffs. So basically, this is my guess is this was Henderson's reps and the G League together saying, let's call it a year and let's yeah. just, you know, we, we, we've kind of done everything we needed to do. We had those uh, two high profile games with uh, against Victor Wambanyama in Las Vegas where they went head to head and, and all that stuff. So, you know, Scoot Anderson, you know, good, good, good player. It reminds me a lot of Steve Francis. That's, that's yeah. who I see when I watch him play, um, you know, but probably better to, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, he, he's, you know, here, here we go. He's, he's, uh, you know, likely to be the second pick in the draft unless um, uh, we, we get something out of the Thompson twins or uh, Brandon Miller has a huge tournament run uh, on the NCAA tournament. If I can, for a minute, yeah. um, you can find on my Twitter, I wrote an NBA fans viewing guide to the NCAA tournament and wrote is a very, uh, a really using poor descriptor there because really what it is, is it's a list of, all the NBA prospects that have appeared on a top 100 draft board, uh, whether that be ESPN, The Athletic, or somewhere, and then I use ESPN's up-to-date rankings, um, over their collegiate careers are all listed, and it just tells you who they're playing, when they're playing, what their jersey number is, uh, what time their game is at, all that stuff. So if you're 
if you're an NBA fan, like the two of us are, and it's like, hey, I want to tune in to watch these. Guys. I want to watch this Brandon Miller kid play. I want to see what he looks like. You can go to my Twitter. You can find it there. Uh, go go to 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 the it's just a Google Doc, so you pull it up on your phone or computer or wherever, and look, and it'll give you everything you need to know about where all these these prospects are playing uh, here over the next uh, couple weeks, and the as the tournament gets kicked off. All a very very valuable resource for NBA fans that are going to be watching the March Madness tournament. Keith, that I, I don't even want to ask like how long that took you to put together because that that's uh, not that long awesome. actually. Okay, <laughs> thankfully because well. I had the draft guy. So what I do is every time they come out with a new um, class of draft players, I go and I add them all into my in, into my pretty big player database at this point, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of continually kind of move them around and update them as, as I can, I check in. And then when the tournament rolled around, I just started pulling them all over and I started working on it last week and I was kind of probably college basketball man for a little bit. Cause I was like, all right, what's the bubble looking like? Is this team going to be in? Are they going to be out? Right. And, and I was sorting guys that way and those kind of things. Like, for example, I took all of the UNC players off because they didn't make the NCAA tournament. And then I don't like this at all, but unfortunately I think this is where we're headed with a lot of this stuff. They're not even playing in the NIT. They decided not to go at all uh, to the NIT either. They were like, nah, there's no reason for us. No, thanks. It's not for us. And, and my guess is a lot of that was probably player driven. They've got some NBA level guys that were probably like, nah, I don't really want to play in a thing that's not the NCAA tournament. That's right. a team that was in the NCAA final a year ago. Um, wow. So, you know, just kind of gives you a sense of how crazy uh, college basketball is right now. I think there's a ton of parody in the NBA. I've, watched and read and looked at a lot of these expert picks on these brackets and all this stuff. And it's, it is wildly all over the place with the teams that are being picked to go to the final four and win the whole thing and, and everything. And it, it is you know bonkers, which should make for a really, really fun tournament. Yeah. And if I can, one last thing, um, just cause I think you'll have interest to our audience here. I wrote about James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers at the end of last week. And I've tweeted it a couple of times since, and you can check it out. We've talked on the show about all the noise and you know rumors and all that buzz Houston. that he might go back to Houston. But yeah. I wrote about why contractually the over 38 rule makes that a lot more likely than just I'd be giving up the fifth year and all this stuff uh, with the Sixers to go there. Fifth year's not super likely coming for James Harden uh, with the Sixers. So there's a lot of stuff in there if you want to read on why that over 38 rule is a great equalizer. It's probably only really about eight and a half million dollar difference between what uh, Houston can offer him and what Philly can offer him. And I don't think if he wants to be in Houston, eight and a half million dollars is going to make make uh, make or break his uh, decision yeah. there. It's going to be one of the big uh, storylines of the season of the summer to big keep time. an eye on. Does James Harden actually go back to Houston? And what do they do if if he does? Do they start cashing in uh, young players and trying to add win now pieces and this summer is going to be nuts. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. And I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, gonna be yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. All right. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. And of course, go follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.